Hey, Christian. Good afternoon. This is Mike Ruiz. How are you today? Hey, Michael. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to be on the Workday Recruiter podcast. Yeah. Great to be here. Yeah. Thanks so much. So, well, I will um, get us started here. So, um, so I know people are going to be really interested in hearing what you have to say. I know you've been in the Workday ecosystem for quite some time, but um, let's go over a little bit about you personally first. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you like to do, where you're from, things of that nature. Yeah, sure. So um, born and raised in New York um, and relocated down to Miami in the mid late 90s. Um, as of two years ago, I think I've been here in Miami longer than New York, so I'm officially a Floridian now. Um, as for fun, I, I think one of the things that I, I don't, it's, it's funny, people ask me what hobbies I have, and I really don't have any. <laughs> um, I thoroughly enjoy technology, just problem solving, figuring things out. So um, I guess right now, so I'm always taking time to learn newer things, what are the trends, what's in, and you actually get hands-on learning new stuff. So um, most recently, I realized my internet development technologies are a little bit dated. It's about 10 years since I've done some real hands-on web development. So I actually just started learning some Node.js, and I suspect that's probably going to take me into looking at um, some of the NoSQL database options. Again, just playing with stuff um, during free time. I think that's great, and I th I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, – I think technology is, is your hobby, so I think that's fantastic. So, um, you know, I think it's really good that you're passionate about, you know, the realm of, in which you work in. I think that probably makes it easier uh, for you to have those, those long days sometimes, so I think that's fantastic. So, well, tell us a little bit I, – I know I kind of prefaced it with the fact that you've been in the Workday ecosystem for quite some time, so – so tell, tell us a little bit about your journey, where you started, and, you know, give us the short version of where you are now from where you started. Uh, yeah, sure. So um, like most people in the early days of Workday, um, I came from the PeopleSoft background. Um, basically, I started my um, consulting journey uh, by joining a boutique PeopleSoft consulting firm. Um, it was interesting times. We rode the whole Y2K scare, the dot-com boom, the whole bubble, um, rode it through the burst. Um, some of the stuff that we did actually during the dot-com boom was work with some startups and do some custom internet development. And um, so I went from PeopleSoft over to doing custom development, mostly Java-based. Um, when the bubble burst, I worked in a couple of CRM products and then ultimately ended up back in, in focusing on PeopleSoft. The one thing I did get from that, though, is the difference between working and building something from scratch versus um, using a prepackaged product like a PeopleSoft. So um, I really enjoyed building things from scratch. I had a passion for that. So um, that boutique, it actually grew to about 100 people and was acquired um, in 2004. It was acquired a couple of times over each year. Um, I had left and I had uh, worked with some at this point, it was the whole Web 2.0 phase. And so I joined some startups, um, had mixed degrees of success with different types of startups, um, building custom web applications. And it was around 2008, um, Workday was well on its way. I mean, I remember, I never knew, I didn't have much of a network at PeopleSoft, um, given I think at this point in time where I joined at that point, it was already, I think, going downhill as a product. Um, from a market share perspective. 
Sure. Um, so, uh, you know, I tried my best to try to reach out to people at work. They try to get, um, see if I could have any kind of opportunity of joining them. But um, it was basically two th- early 2008 and um, the same group of founders of that boutique, the PeopleSoft boutique firm that I had joined, they were basically going to have another go at it. And this time they were creating OmniPoint. And so I was in. I was basically joined in as part of the leadership team, um, OmniPoint in 2008, and um, basically took on a role leading the technical practice, the integrations work stream at that point. Um, I knew Workday was going to be a success. It never felt like a risk to me, uh, just the backing, the names behind it. Um, again, where PeopleSoft and Oracle was, where the market was, I knew Workday was going to be successful. Okay. And- and I want to dive more specifically. I know you mentioned that there was a lot of big names. There was some money involved. But what was your – granted, I think we're giving people a little bit of a history lesson, which I think people may or may <laughs> not appreciate, but I'm certainly interested in. At that time, what was really your gut instinct as to why specifically Workday, in your words, would not be a risk? Yeah, so – like I said, around 2004, I mean, one of the things I saw with the whole PeopleSoft wave was they had hit market saturation, at least at the enterprise level. Um, they made some bad decisions as a company. I think they focused heavily on their professional services. They ended up discounting their product, the actual PeopleSoft application, to sell services. They cut their partners down. Um, they, I remember they had just, uh, just ended partnerships with several professional services part companies. Um, we in the boutique, we managed to, to remain a partner during that uh, phase because we focused on Latin America. So we had yeah. a niche market. So we were able to survive that. But basically, um, one of the things I saw is basically the last people to implement the system are usually higher mm-hmm. ed in government, just the process, the risk adverse, their process for making decisions is lengthy. Um, and so that was really the only market PeopleSoft had at that point in time. Anybody, any Fortune 500 that could want PeopleSoft already had it. And so really the only work that was selling was upgrades. And I think part of the, now going back to the whole why I felt Workday wasn't a risk. Um, well, I, knew, I, I felt strongly in SaaS. SaaS was the future. Um, cloud computing, Web 2.0 at that point, like I said, uh, Web 3.0 was already on the horizon. And at that point, um, just part of the names, I mean, just the culture and the f- cult following, I'd say, right. uh, Duffield had with PeopleSoft, those were guaranteed customers for Workday. That, that's, that's at least how I felt it. Sure. Okay. Okay. That's a great point. So now when it comes to your time at OmniPoint, what, what were you doing there during your time there? Yeah, so um, I always was hands-on in sales, not necessarily from a relationship management perspective, but helping, um, acting as a technical SME, working on the estimates, SOW content, at least for the technical areas, meeting with prospects. It was funny, back then, um, sales was very different. It was a recession. Um, Companies, the last thing a company would think of doing is implement a whole new system, right, to save money. Um, So people were still adverse to jumping into uh, Workday implementation. So selling back then, um, Workday relied heavily on partners for their relationships. So we reached out to a lot of um, uh, legacy PeopleSoft customers to help introduce Workday. And the other thing was 
we weren't selling our services. We were selling the Workday product, we as partners. And I remember working with prospects doing TCO analysis. <laughs> you know, this is how you'll save money in the long run by implementing Workday. So it was a different time back then. And, and we were even selling the, was very different back then because we were selling the product, not the services. Got it. So, so back then, it's fair to say that you were doing a lot of what would now be considered, you know, pre-sales work. Is that fair to say? Yeah, a lot of that was is stuff that Workday would do now, right? They sell their product. We focus on selling our implementation services. Back then, um, it was it was we were much more hands-on in helping sell the product. Um, that was, you know, one of the roles I've always held. I've always been very hands-on um, on projects w- within the technical areas. And I focused on growing our technical practice. At that time, it was integrations and reporting that um, rolled up under me in, okay. in the early days. Okay. And so, and from your perspective, and I know you transitioned from OmniPoint to what is, you know, what is then Aon Hewitt to what is now um, Alight, of course. But in that time, you know, what what kind of integrations were you building? What did the technical setup of Workday look like from yeah, your point? Yeah, it's, it's funny how much Workday has morphed over the years. Think, reflecting back, thinking back, um, I've been doing a little bit of that lately. Um, reflecting back and, and just going through what we've been through, our experiences and, and uh, just how much things have changed. Well, in the earliest days, um, I think... And I think the whole ecosystem has to has to rethink a little bit about their technical resources. Um, back then, it, it's a SaaS product, right? And so one of the core foundations of a SaaS product is single code line. And so back then, even integrations, to some extent, followed that concept. So most of the integrations were packaged integrations back then. And unfortunately, you're integrating with third-party systems. And the more customizable those third-party systems are, the less a single source of code line will work for that. I remember it was getting to the point where one of the actual attributes that we would configure on the integration was a customer name. And depending on the customer that was running for, it would branch off into a different set of logic and apply a different set of logic just for that customer. So as you can imagine, that's just not scalable. So um, in the earliest days, we weren't really technical resources. We were, when uh, we had to get approved by Workday, and really the focus was, do you know HCM? Not do you know much about internet technologies? They had a separate course and training for integrations, but it wasn't necessarily as technical as you would see it today. It was more about knowing functionality. Now, at that point they had acquired Cape Clear. And so Cape Clear back then was, is basically the predecessor to Workday Studio. And um, this was probably around 2009 and 2010. Um, there was four primary partners. And out of the four, they allowed two partners. They certified two of partners. And out of OmniPoint, it was four of us that were trained up on the Cape Clear platform. And basically, we were working with Workday source code um, to build integrations. And it was same concept of Studio. It was the same product. It just hasn't been made to work in a tenant, it was made to work inside the Workday source code. So we were building something called back then, Tailwind integrations, and then it was renamed to custom hosted integrations. And basically it was Workday source code. We would actually install Workday on our laptops. We had single user version and we would, uh, we would uh, develop the integrations. 
again, it was a, basically the, it was at the end of the day, it was this enterprise service bus. That's what Cape Clear is. And that's what Workday Studio is. But it doesn't have, if you were to build an integration now in Workday <coughs> Studio, you have a lot of these pre-built things on the palette that you put drag and drop in. You were building those things from scratch. And so a lot of the earliest integrations were either just going straight to APIs, figuring out how to daisy chain these APIs to build the integrations, because there was no such thing as core connectors back then. It was all truly custom or the other extreme packaged integrations. Got it. Got it. Wow. So I really appreciate all that information because I think if you don't have the understanding of how things have have changed and morphed into what they are now, you don't have the same ultimate appreciation for how far things have come. So I think that's, <laughs> I think that's fantastic. So, okay. So you're really, um, you know, kind of developing the, the technical side. I, I put that in quotes, you know, based upon what you just said of Workday at OmniPoint, and then you move to the Aeon uh, in 2012 timeframe, um, or I'm sorry, 2014 timeframe. Um, so tell me about that transition and kind of what you were doing over at Aeon. Yeah, so um, it was 2012. Um, okay. Actually, I think it was uh, November 1st or November 30th, something like that, um, when we announced the acquisition. Um, yeah, basically, uh, we were starting to expand at OmniPoint globally. So we had um, won a big project out in UK, in London, and we were starting to relocate some people out there to start building an office. Um, the, the Aon Hewitt acquisition happened at that point in time, and it was a strategic move on their part. So it was actually a, a very, very pleasant um, experience. Um, I've, I've, I've seen two different types of acquisitions happen. And um, if a company is acquiring someone for headcount and they have an existing practice, then those types of acquisitions don't tend to go well for the colleagues of the company being acquired. Um, essentially, you already have your processes in place. You have your organization in place. You're looking for headcount. You're looking for, for people, right? right. And you, I think you're less accommodating to trying to figure out the two cultures and mix it in. You're buying them for people. They got to get, you got to put them on projects, got to get them working right away. And um, we were the second of the partners to be acquired. And I remember the first one was that kind of experience. And sure enough, people didn't stay very long with um, the acquiring company. For us, um, because we were a strategic acquisition and Aon Hewitt was looking to get into implementations, it was a very positive experience. They were looking for our guidance. It was great becoming part of this 50, 60,000 person company and being an important part of it, despite only being 150 people and providing a large amount of guidance. And the, right. this large entity is looking at you to help set strategies and lead the ways for, for this new area that they want to go into. So it was a very positive experience. We focused heavily on retaining colleagues and um, the numbers were positive. We were able to retain a large portion of the people for a large amount of time. As for myself, I was leading the technical practice. So basically, as the years went on, um, my role continued to expand. Um, I focused on integrations and reporting first. Um, we started building global delivery centers um, with Aon Hewitt. We now had access to 
colleagues in Krakow, Poland, and a couple of offices in India. So we started focusing on um, developing these delivery centers where we would be able to leverage these resources um, basically around, uh, around the world. But more importantly, a, a good benefit, for example, was conversions. We were able to create a process for converting where we could basically pass the buck, right? Once your ship's over, you pass it over to the next delivery center, they pick it up, they continue the conversions, and we're basically able to convert 24-7. So those are some of the benefits of going global. And then, of course, having local resources when we won local deployments. So we focused on globalizing our processes, our delivery. We had global practices. So we, we didn't want to create different regions with different PLs and different leaders. We wanted to create global practices so that the experience was consistent, regardless of where we were delivering from. Sure. At that point, I took over. Yeah, I, I owned um, integrations, conversions, and reporting at that point. And uh, it was probably around 2015 where I took over. I'm sorry. Uh, when we spun off to Alight at that point, I don't know if you want me to jump to that. Sure, <laughs> but, go ahead. Yeah, so we spun off to Alight um, in 2017. At that point, we did become a little more regionalized um, given our financial goals. And at that point, I took over North America operations and our pre-sales architects. And the intent, the intent was introducing some of the technologies and processes that we put in place for the technical teams across the entire practice. Got it. Got it. Okay. And, and so, so now we're, we're fast forwarding into the light days. And, and I think, you know, I'm really glad that you mentioned, you know, what you do as kind of your hobby is technology. So in that capacity of really bringing, bringing in technology, technical insights into the workday world. I mean, what have you done in that aspect? I'm sure there's been some, some data, you know, machine learning, um, you know, things of that yeah. nature. What have you really seen over the past couple of years really advance workday forward from a technical standpoint? Yeah. So uh, one of the teams I actually, I, I ran was our tools and tech team. And basically this team was focused just on innovation. Um, basically coming up with accelerators and uh, automation for our deployment team. So one of the things I really enjoyed was, okay, we know Workday, we know how to integrate it. We know how to get to the data. And uh, what we did was we took a, a step further. We wanted to kind of reverse engineer Workday. How do we take advantage of the access we have to the system and figure out how to change how we deploy? So let's transform how we deliver. And we did build a lot of automations, um, a lot of tools using the Workday API, Workday data model, things like that. Now, um, we were always very secretive myself. Uh, it's not stuff that we like sharing, like at the hackathon. We would participate in a hackathon, but honestly, any good idea that we have with Workday and the tech, we're going to keep ourselves. We're going to use build these things as differentiators. So. Um, so I'm under NDA, of course, so there's things I can't share. Of course. Um, but there are things. I mean, we've introduced a lot of automation, um, most recently machine learning. Um, but not only did we take, um, build these tools for, for changing how we deliver, but with them, as we started accumulating that data, we were able to take the data of how we deliver and change how we operate the business. And so 
that's why I took over North America operations and pre-sales was to change how we estimate, change how we, how we staff, change our forecasting. So a lot of the stuff you see in adaptive, that was the stuff that we were building on our own using proprietary tools, planning, forecasting, using analytics, using machine learning, using all the data that we've collected in our hundreds of implementations. Okay. Okay. And, and thank you for that. And in addition to that, I'm glad you brought up the planning side where you see kind of the, the technological advancement from that perspective. Well, one of the things I'd say about Workday is I guess um, one of the things that's kept it interesting, I'd say, is the fact that they're, they're still taking up, they're still on top of technology. <laughs> they're, sure. oh, they're strategic with their acquisitions and they're really doing a good job about embedding it into their system. So adaptive, yes, I think I see a bright future there. That seems to be where there's a lot of um, opportunity. Um, as well as financials and MA. I think those are the, the big areas. I was never really close to student and government. So honestly, I'm not sure how that market looks. Right. I've heard some areas, some, some of the partners that focus in those areas had had recent layoffs. So I don't know if that's an indication of things slowing down in those areas, but um, definitely those other areas, financials, um, adaptive is big, PRISM is, seems to be hot right now and MA. Absolutely. Okay. Well, great. And with your, with your background, you know, what do you see for the future from a technology standpoint? What do you think is really going to happen that could maybe not change Workday forever, but really take it to the next level? I think they're, so they're cloud platform. Um, unfortunately, it's my opinion. I think it's taking a little too long to roll out. Also, it's a bit restrictive in terms of what you could do. Um, I understand the reasons why they're taking it slow and uh, you know why they just, just don't want to open it up. I think they want to avoid being an, uh, an Apple, like, a, like an App Store or a Salesforce App Store where you have hundreds of things developed that all do the same thing. So they right. are taking it slow. I mean, they do want to approve everything that they go in. Uh, but if they open that up, um, I also wish it would just be delivered by default. You know, I think of PeopleSoft and back then everybody had application designer and you could customize your products. So right now this is a separate product SKU and you do have to pay for it. So, um, but I do see a lot of possibilities with that. I guess some of it will be determined by Workday and how restrictive they are with it. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Now, machine learning to me, I, always, I think is the next big thing. I mean, it's been around for a long, longer than I think most of us realize. But um, Workday just has access to so much data. Um, if they can monetize it, I mean, they're starting to introduce these things slowly. I don't think they advertise it too much, but as they add this functionality, it's baked into the product. People have access to it, um, but they really don't talk about it too much. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's something that I that I would have never really thought of. So, uh, but I want to go back to kind of trends and what you see next. You know, what are your thoughts on Workday Extend? Like I said, I think I think Workday is going to control a lot of how that goes. If if they yeah, it, they can't make it a 
it can create such a barrier that customers don't take advantage of it. I think that's the big thing. They have to be able to open it up enough where they can charge for it, where they have some control over what's developed, but still start gaining some use out of it, getting customers to yeah. use it, create the stories. Um, again, just every customer has desire to customize stuff and change things. And um, just in its current state and how slow it's been rolled out, um, it's just constant barriers that we hit whenever we try to use it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, we'll, we'll shift gears a little bit here, you know, over the years, been in the space since 2008, what's the thing that you enjoy most about being in the workday ecosystem? Well, I do like, I think what I mentioned before, the product hasn't stopped innovating. Um, they are continuing to acquire tech uh, companies and incorporate the technology. Uh, I'm wondering as to like adaptive um, when they prism was the other company they had bought was a cloud Fora. I forgot the name already. The company that they had acquired for prism, but that company, they completely took the technology apart and rebuilt it in workday. Whereas adaptive, it looks like they're just keeping it as an outside product and integrating it in. At least that's the current state now. I don't know how much they plan on embed, truly embedding it into the product line, but um, at least they, they're making those purchases. So I think that's some of the things that's, keeping them fresh is that they are making strategic acquisitions. Um, they are incorporating it in. Um, I think that's some of the stuff that, that's keeping it exciting in the workday area. Um, when it comes to working in workday, it's just fun. So it's, it's rewarding. I think most developers will say you're solving a problem and when you figure it out, it's, it's a rewarding process. So that's always, um, you know, hands-on development, that's always the fun side of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, great. And, and I know um, that a lot of people will will really appreciate your unique background on the technology side of Workday, but I know there's will be a lot of people who are relatively new, you know, to the Workday ecosystem. And I know this is generally broad, but when – you've been in a position to mentor or give advice to younger people in the work to ecosystem. Um, what do you tell them or what general advice would you have uh, for those folks? Yeah. Well, well, I think one piece of advice is, isn't even related to work. It's just technology in general. Anybody going into technology is don't close yourself and your solution to just the workday tool set. All right. Um, one of the biggest challenges of working with Workday is that they have so many restrictions. Well, so many, whatever in quotes, but um, you have restrictions. That's what you're dealing with. And it, it's funny, the experience you get in Workday, the valuable experience isn't necessarily how to work with Workday. It's how to get around <laughs> the restrictions you have. You know, what data do you have access to? How do you access the data? How is the data presented to you? Um, it, those are the important things because you could be 99% done with an interface and the moment you need another piece of information, if you can't get it in the mechanism you're using in the tool set you're using, you pretty much have to go back to scratch, right? You have to rethink it. Maybe I need to do, this is a custom studio with additional fields and data, additional API calls, things like that. So one piece of data can break your whole approach, one field. So that's where the experience comes in is knowing those challenges, the workarounds and things like that. So 
and I guess where I was going back to my original advice is don't just look at the Workday tool set. Technology is technology. If you have the ability to use other outside technologies to solve the problem, then do so. Always keep an open mind in that sense. It's great advice. Great advice in general. And, and I've heard that echoed by other people in the past as well. So I think that's fantastic. So, so one more question for you before um, we kind of wrap up here. You know, what do you, how do you see yourself impacting the Workday ecosystem or what do you want to do next? Well, I'm a little bit at a crossroads now. I am trying to decide my next steps. Um, and it is, I think the first big decision is, do I want to remain in the ecosystem or do I want to explore other technologies? Um, prior to... I, I, the most recent thing, the big thing I've been learning was machine learning. I spent about two and a half years focused on learning that. Um, I think that's the real question I have right now. Do I want to take a leap and go into a completely different area and see if I can apply that? Or, I mean, I have to realize, recognize that my market value is in professional services. That's where my experience is. And of course, my market value is in Workday. So um, I think that's the first big decision I have to make. You know, are there opportunities in machine learning and analytics or remain within the ecosystem and continue um, leveraging these past experiences to help other companies. Right. Right. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, great. Well, any other um, parting thoughts um, that people might uh, be interested in before we let you go? Hmm. No, I mean, you know, one other thing I'd say to someone new to technology is realize that in your career, you're going to have to retool many times. So you're going into workday, you're going into anything, realize that there's a life cycle in it, right? It's going to come to an end. You're going to have to retool. So be prepared to go into a career of decades long of always being open to learning new technologies and, um, just jumping onto the next big wave, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. So, um, well, that's fantastic advice. Well, let's definitely wrap, wrap it up right now. I know you're busy, so I'll certainly let you go, but, but Christian, again, I know a lot of people will really, um, enjoy listening to this conversation. We'll get a great perspective on the technology, but also the history of, of workday in general and what you've seen, um, through the good times and bad and, and all points in between. So, so really appreciate your time and thanks so much for, for joining the podcast. All right. Well, thanks. It's been uh, right. fun. Yeah. I've enjoyed yeah. the conversation. Well, thanks awesome. so much, Christian. Have a great day and we'll talk soon. Okay. You too. Bye. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.